there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. So this week's episode, we're going to talk about microscopic hematuria. This is something that we see all the time in primary care. And what I'm going to do in this episode is really talk about like this high level approach of what to look out for, uh, approach to assessment diagnosis, and then just pearls of practice along the way. Like I said, I'm going to keep this a bit high level, but there uh, are very much specifics of like what to do when and all the differentials included inside the lab interpretation crash course. It comes with a continuing education, about eight plus ish hours. We're in the middle of reaccreditation right now. Um, maybe some more hours, we'll see. But that all of that is at realworldnp.com/labs. It is not the only lab interpretation course, of course. However, it is a support there if you were looking for it when it comes to dipstick, your analysis, all of the renal labs, like. It's so good. But anyway, let's talk about microscopic hematuria. So I think first things first, what I want to say is, uh, what is microscopic hematuria? So this is um, blood that's detected on a urine sample, typically by a dipstick. Like it's not visible to the eye. It's not like, it's not overt blood in the urine. It's just, we did a dipstick and now we see a little bit of blood in there. And we're like, let's, what's going on? We're trying to figure out why, right? So that's the definition. So it's either zero to three plus on a dipstick, or if we're talking about your analysis, which is the one that you send out to the lab and they spin it around and they let you know what's inside, that's about two to three red blood cells per high powered field is typically how it's reported. And there are kind of different organizations say it's two cells, two red blood cells per high powered field, some say it's three, etc. So if that's the definition, I wanna start with a couple of key points. Number one, Please don't ignore this. Uh, I don't have too many pet peeves in primary care, but that is absolutely one of them. Uh, And then the number two is that I just want to remind you, if you're not already familiar with this, or if you are as a reminder, that a dipstick is a beautiful, so helpful tool. And also it is a chemical reaction. And so what it's doing is reacting to the substances in the urine and then it's changing colors. And then you interpret the color to correspond with like, oh, this dark purple color means that it's two to three red blood cells, right? Or two plus red blood cells. So just as a reminder or first time learning, when we have anything on a dipstick that we are not clinically managing in front of the patient in front of us, which hold that thought, I'll explain that more. We do wanna send it out for confirmatory testing with a urinalysis. So again, there's a bunch of caveats in there, but just generally speaking, if you have any doubts about what's in front of you, we do wanna confirm it, right? This is very patient dependent though, so I just wanna give that little disclaimer. So the next piece is we really wanna think about history before we get into diagnosis um, and management. So there's typically two presentations that I see of microscopic hematuria. One is that somebody came in with specific symptoms, right? So they had dysuria and, and, you're work, and I'm working them up for a UTI or something else, or maybe they have abdominal pain or flank pain, um, and I've gotten a urine sample to help put that clinical picture together. Um, however, there's a, there's a number of people that present 
that have no symptoms at all and they've just incidentally found this microscopic hematuria. So the next piece I want to talk about is, is regarding, regarding the symptoms or not symptoms. So typically speaking, if you have hematuria, you're really microscopic hematuria, again, not, not overt. We're talking about looking at the patient in front of you. Why did you order it in the first place? Do they have abdominal pain? Do they have flank pain? Do they have dysteria? And you really do lead with hematuria is a clue for the clinical picture in front of you, right? You're really not leading with the hematuria is the quote unquote problem. It's like, oh no, we want to help the whole person. Let's lead with that first, right? But the next piece I want to talk about is those, those microscopic hematurias that are like incidentally found with no symptoms, um, because those can feel a little frustrating for nurse practitioners. So what do you do when it's, a, they're asymptomatic and you just happen to find two plus blood on their um, on their urine dipstick. So let's, like I said, let's start with history. So assuming they're asymptomatic, we wanna think about, like I love to think about this in a structural way. For the most part, when it comes to microscopic hematuria, as a little pearl here, is that it's typically either coming from a urologic source or from a kidney source, nephrology, right? And so that's the kind of piece of main main places that the differentials fall into is like is this a urologic cause or is this a kidney cause nephrology right however there's a couple of other etiologies we want to think about in broad categories so medications there's a handful of medications that can cause it um, we also have these things referred to as mimics i call them mimics i don't know if everybody else does but they're kind of like the other sources of bleeding that is kind of tricking you to think that it's actually in the urine but it's not and typically this is coming from vaginal sources um, perineum uh, like maybe there's like a rash or lacerations or things like that or rectal sources, right? Those are the kind of main buckets of categories you wanna think about of like, where could this potentially be coming from? The next piece is like, what are the, what are the other, of course you wanna do your physical assessment, right? GI, GU, um, other body systems, depending on the history of the patient. But in terms of the workup of the hematuria, the next thing you wanna think about is like, what are the other labs showing us? And so the main first lab that you wanna think about is the rest of the urinalysis, right? The rest of the urine dipstick and or urinalysis if you're going to send it out. And typically if you're not treating them on the spot for like a UTI or something like that, typically you're going to send it out for confirmation versus like if you had somebody who was menstruating, who has a uterus and at that time they had their menstruation. So like maybe you just want to repeat it next time, right? Anyway, like I said, all the caveats and details are inside the course, but I'm just trying to give like a very high level uh, thing for this episode. So yeah, so you're going to look at the rest of the urinalysis and the urine dipstick, right? And the main key things you want to think about, especially with hematuria is protein and white blood cells. Those are like the most next important things to look at, right? Because like I said, we're really trying to break it down. Is this a urologic source or is this a renal source? And depending on what you're looking at, renal sources tend to have more findings like white blood cells or um, protein or other findings in the urine. And then typically, again, this is generalities, typically speaking, the urologic sources tend to have solely microscopic hematuria and they don't they tend not to have protein or white blood cells for example um, i do get a lot of questions about urine cytology and so urine cytology in the past was used um, to look at the cells of the urine to see if they were cancerous looking cells with persistent microscopic hematuria is no longer recommended because it's not sensitive or specific enough um, after that though, once you've kind of looked at those pieces, if you're leaning more towards a renal source based on the breakdown of your urinalysis, what are the other tests that you want to do? How do you work up renal problems, right? Um, 
Typically, you want to look at BUN, GFR, things like that. And then uh, versus are we leaning more towards a urologic source or are we leaning more towards another um, extra genital source, right? So in terms of getting into the specifics, I, I really want to keep it as high level as, as that. The next steps are really dependent on where you're kind of going with that. And then do you refer them to their specialist, nephrology, urology? Do you order any sort of testing before they get there? It really depends on the patient sitting in front of you. But hopefully this is a really helpful overview of microscopic hematuria, where to go. Um, just as a recap, uh, number one, we don't want to ignore it. Number two, we probably want to confirm it with a urinalysis send out however is really dependent on the person sitting in front of you whether or not they have symptoms or no symptoms typically no symptoms you're going to go on that further investigation of like do we need to repeat this because they have menstruation today um, versus their medication that could be causing it versus you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then the next thing, of course, we wanna think about in terms of history of identifying those big buckets of etiologies, do they have symptoms? Do they have flank pain, abdominal pain, dysuria, um, or no symptoms at all? Versus are we thinking about a kidney structure, uh, a urologic source? Is it a vaginal source? Is it a perennial skin source? Is it a rectal source, right? And then we can kind of further break that down based on looking at the further urinalysis components of protein, white blood cells, um, other things, um, and then we decide who to refer to and what further workup steps we take depending on those pieces. So hopefully that is a helpful overview for microscopic hematuria. Like I said, inside the lab interpretation crash course, we really go through this step by step by step and talk about all the differentials and where to go and how to interpret those results. Um, but yeah, so that's available for you if you would like support with that, but hopefully this is a helpful episode uh, to get you going with microscopic hematuria. So if you haven't grabbed the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk to you soon. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the Ultimate Resource Guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.